pharmacology, it's more than a philosophy, more than a psychology, more than just an ecology, bigger than biology, larger than anthropology, brushes against astrology. That's prophecology. Hello, this is Master Prophet E. Bernard Jordan, your most trusted name in prophecy. I'm here today, I've tracked down a friend that was on the road, um, so he may be in a car, and because I wanted it to be unofficial, I wanted to ask him a couple of questions about money and investment. Since we're making this last quarter of the year an investment season for our church. Um, how are you doing, Pat? I'm well, Mr. Potter. How you been? Uh, listen, man, not doing as well as you because you're the one that's in the investment world and you're watching um, money go up, up, up and over the top. Tell me this, Pat. Um, is this the most growth that you have seen in the stock market in the years that you have been in the stock market? Um, I would say, because I've been in the industry now for about a decade, I would say yes. Uh, um, the most rebound I would see in such of a short period of time. You know, back in March when we saw that big drop from what happened with COVID, the stock market went down roughly around 34% for the S&P 500. Since then, we're back into the positive roughly around, uh, I mean, as of yesterday's close, not today's close, but about 6%. Um, so to be able to recover 34% plus be up 6%, that's 40% that you made in one year. And if, depending on when you got in, let's say you caught it at the bottom, you would be, really be making a one heck of a come up right now. Le so, yes. Yeah. And, and this is why I tracked you down because I said, I, I, I got to talk to some people about this because, I mean, after that happened, I started realizing it's like the stock market is like taking the steps going up, but it's like the elevator going down. Is that is, 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 is that the norm in the market? Um, so here's the thing a lot of people don't realize. The stock market typically moves ahead of the economy. You know, so in 2008, when we had that stock market crash. Oh, I remember that one. Yep, yep, I'm sure you do. A lot of people realize that it took them about three years for the market to recoup and for their portfolios to recoup. But if you were just in the market the whole time, you didn't sell out the market that whole period of time, you would have recouped in two years. So right now what we're experiencing is that, yeah, we're in, we're, the reality is we are in a recession. It's going to take the economy itself about maybe one and a half to two years to come back to where it was before. But the stock market can move ahead of the economy. And that's where we are now. And I know I get this question a lot of people ask, oh, yeah, but the stock market's really high. What if we have a resurgence of the virus? This is an election year. Yes, these are all factors that everyone's thinking about. But, I mean, 
I to be a little optimistic, and I know I, a lot of my peers and my company, we share the same sentiment, but we feel like the worst may be behind us with what occurred back in March. Um, so meaning, even if we do have a resurgence of the virus, and again, it's an election year, those are things that may have a temporary effect on the stock market. Nothing that's going to be something that we should expect for six months, a year, multiple years, and things like that. We're going to see that people are going to react to it off of speculations for the first few days, but then things go right back to where they are now. The reason why the markets are moving up right now the way that they are is because it's been driven by the, the tech sector, the technology sector. You know, you're looking at Facebook, Google, Tesla, all these companies, um, Amazon, Apple, all of them making all of this money throughout the pandemic. And the reality is that they're backed by the actual earnings that they've been making throughout the pandemic. So it's not a bubble. You know, it's not a tech bubble that we're going through right now. These are real earnings that they're making. So if this real earnings, they're going to only continue to keep moving up the way that they are. Mm. What will drive the market down is just people speculating, people, you know, thinking, all right, are the markets like, for example, a few days ago, the markets went down a lot. Right. And that's because people were speculating off of just the fact that is this the time that the markets are going to drop? Is it too high? But since then, the markets have been trying to fight its way back to where it was before. And even with the resurgence of the virus, even with this being an election year, those are just like two, two small events that, can, that will happen and that will have an effect on the market with the market still going back to what it's doing now. Mm. Okay, let me ask you something. Why would, what, what, tell me this, what is a personal banker? Uh, a personal banker, which is not me, but a personal banker is right. someone who, who like helps someone, um, helps them with their, who, who's like their dedicated person helping them with their deposit needs, like checking savings, uh, credit card needs, and um, business needs. If you're a small business owner, right now, what is an investment banker? An investment banker. Um, now I'm going to differentiate investment banker from a financial advisor. So okay. investment bankers. What they focus on, they their job is to bring in major deals for, for the companies. They bring in money for the companies. They they help launch companies through initial public offerings. In other words, IPO. So when companies are starting out, investment bankers are the ones that are there to help the company become public. Um, financial advisors like myself, our job is to help clients. You know, whether it's individuals, uh, business owners. Um, just help them reach their financial goals, whether it's tax saving strategies, retirement savings, uh, tax, uh, estate planning strategies, or overall short-term or long-term financial goals. Whatever your goals may be, our job is to help you get there with using investments. Now, when, when do you say it is critical, or not, listen, what is mm -hmm. a great starting time for a person to get a financial advisor? That's a very good question. I think that the moment that you see yourself starting to save some money, you should you should start looking for a financial advisor. When I see when I say saving, I mean you can be something as small as saving two hundred dollars a month. Granted, your financial you may not be able to do much much with a financial advisor with that kind of um, that kind of money, but you, at least you're having the conversations. They're going to give you the proper guidance in terms of how you should continue to grow to get to the next level, but. I usually tell people that if you have, let's say you have your emergency fund set up, you know, meaning like, um, well, let's put it, let me use it this way. Let's, let's use an analogy of like a house. Like your financial situation is kind of like building a house. 
So when you build the house, what's the first step, Bishop? You got to build the foundation, right? You're right. You got to build the foundation. You get down in the foundation, and you correct. And and and, and well, before then, you're going to get the architect to sit there and just map it out <laughs> first for you first. But yes, that's right. That's right. So the, the financial advisor is the actual architect, um, or the general contractor in a sense. But hmm. what happens is, the architect or the general contractor, you know, their job is to help you first lay out the foundation, which is your emergency funds. You want to make sure you have some money saved up, let's say about six months worth of your expenses, your expenses. So look at how much you have for your rent, your bills, credit card bills, any other obligations you may have. Multiply that that monthly number by six. That's how much you need to save in the bank, because the reality is something can happen tomorrow. We, we've seen it right now. Say that again. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say mm-hmm. that equation again. You said what now? Six months worth of, worth of your monthly expenses. Six months of monthly ex- expenses you should have saved up? Exactly. Because anything could happen tomorrow. If you lose your job, if, well, not, let's not say you, but let's say the individual loses their job tomorrow. They, the bills are still going to be there. They still got to pay rent. They still got to feed the family. They still got to take care of their business. So you want to be able to have that emergency egg there ready for you to still be able to pay those bills while you try to figure out your next moves. Mm. So six months of your expenses should be saved up because it doesn't take someone two days. The average person doesn't take them a week or two weeks to find a new job. It could take a few months. So have that emergency egg. 18 months. Hold on. Let's let's get realistic. Mm -hmm. 18 months because... Today, you would have to be retrained in a market. I mean, I stepped, um, I stepped into a marketplace and realized that um, I was telling somebody at one point to um, like pretty much go and t- um, type out this letter for me. And uh-huh. it was a young lady and she was about 20 years old. And I said, uh-huh. go type the letter out. She says, I am. I says, no, you're not. You're on your phone. She says, I'm <laughs> typing out the letter. So that let me know how antiquated I was because I did not even realize that you can have Microsoft Word on your device. And now, <laughs> just so that you're not laughing at me, Pat, this was like, like four years ago. Okay, so I'm this laughing is with gonna, you, not at you. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but you can get that. I'm 61 years old. Mm-hmm, this correct. person is sitting there, which I thought maybe they were just taking you know, putting something like in a little notepad, they were actually typing the letter into the cell phone. And then when I got <laughs> done, she says, it's done. It's, it's emailed and you send your email. I says, oh, shucks. Technology is amazing today, isn't it? It listens. <laughs> so one person came in and preached for us and said, it's the new water. So, so now, I, so Pat, I, you know, I really love this conversation. So mm-hmm. I should have had a financial advisor at 10 years old because my mother had me in a savings account and I used to mm-hmm. take money to the school mm-hmm. that was in a school savings account. And now mm-hmm. that I understand it, when I read Warren Buffett's story, he said mm-hmm. at 10 years old, he was already starting investment. He was already buying stocks. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. Let, let's talk about the black and brown community. Did we miss <laughs> something? Did we miss something in our memo coming up or something? It's one of the things that are very less unfortunate. It's one of the conversations that I wish we had, or, or, or at least our parents were educated on 
when we were younger. You know, it's one of the things that, you know, you, they, you know what they say, you want to hide some information, put it in the book. Yes. A lot of our parents, they were busy working, trying to provide for the families. They were just living paycheck to paycheck. They weren't really thinking about the, the, the how to build a legacy for their families, for their kids, for their kids' kids, and things like that. But had they have known a lot of the things that you and I know now, Bishop, yes, we would see a lot more successful black and brown families in, in, in the U.S. or just in the world in general. But yeah, it's one of those things where I just wish that the education and the knowledge was provided to us so that we can be able to spread to our kids and our family members. You know, today, Donald Trump said something and, and it came out in the news cycle today. Um, sure did. And, and of course, you don't have to get into politics here with me, Pat, <laughs> yeah. but I want to say something. He said yep, yep. something that I thought was very powerful because it mm -hmm. lets you know that there's two different worlds. He says everyone mm. has stock. Did you did did you hear that? <laughs> I did hear that. Now watch it. That. Now to me, that is that's a very powerful statement, and it's empowering if you can read between the lines, because yep. he is letting. It's like it to me. It was like a code. If you're not in the machine, you will not be able to grow your money. Yes. Because yes. outside of the machine called the market, where else can you grow your money? You're either growing it directly or indirectly through the market. Yeah, yeah. And black people, we're so, what we know of is putting the money in the savings account, you know, creating different vehicles. Like, uh, for example, like a lot of Caribbean people do things like, uh, like uh, susus or souls. Which oh are, my God! Pyramid yeah. schemes. It's illegal because yeah, there's no yeah, product yeah. or service. Exactly. I mean, and there's no return. There's no actual. You're really borrowing money from yourself with no actual return. Like, <laughs> no, you're losing money because there's no interest growing on it. No interest whatsoever. No interest whatsoever. But these are the things that we heard. But the re part of the reason why we were educated on that was because, I mean, historically speaking, when when black people were finally freed. And they were given the ability to invest in banks. The banks were taking advantage of the black people. So the black people said, I can't trust the banks. I'm just going to put this money in my mattress or amongst family. This is back in 18, 1865 when the first uh, Freedom's Man Bank happened. Yeah. But, you know, so, so, yeah, you can't blame black people for being skeptical, black and brown people for being skeptical. But it's a new age. Now we have, we have to, unfortunately, we have to catch up to the lost times at this point. Mm. So it can still happen. It can still happen. We wow. just have to be able to be a little more optimistic. Listen, this is great. This is great. So um, let's talk, okay, because we, we, we're kind of having this short-term conversation. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. long-term investment. If a person mm -hmm. kept money in the market for about 20 years, what could be an estimate average that he could probably see his money grow or her money grow percentage-wise roughly a year? I know that that's not like a hard thing you can put in nails, you know, but... It's roughly about, let's say you put in the stock market, let's say you put in the safest stuff, S&P 500, blue chip companies, um, you could average, let's say, roughly around 11, 12% a year. But realistically speaking, if you want to look at 20 years, you can make, you can more than eight times you can make that same amount eight times in 20 years if you had a hundred let's say a hundred thousand dollars for the sake of numbers again i know that not everyone has a hundred thousand dollars let's say it was a hundred thousand not one hundred thousand dollars can be over eight hundred thousand dollars in 20 years if you had invested in the stock market and these are facts that have been historic 
in the last, say, 60 years of investing. Wow. Powerful, isn't it? Listen, it it, it it is powerful. I mean, I want to go. I want to go back to ten. Um, listen, because I would have a different story at the age of um, forty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because right mm-hmm. now I'm sixty-one, and I am aggressively investing now aggressively because mm-hmm. I know that at a certain age, um, I have a I have a, well, I have several financial advisors. But mm-hmm. um, but they told me what number I would need to have in order to take 25 years to sit on the beach and just throw darts at the sun if I choose. Gotcha. And so that is something that I have been working on for the last mm-hmm. several years, and it's going well. But, Excellent. But let's look at this. If I had really, I knew it, but I wasn't pressed in my community to do it. If mm-hmm. I had really got pressed in my community to do it, I could be in a different conversation right now and probably mm-hmm. be talking about, um, Pat, let's come up with a strategy so I can be a billionaire before I leave the planet. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. could be a reality conversation. That's not like no speculation. Yeah. Now yeah, I understand. So um, let's talk about this. Do you think that using insurance policies as a form of investment is a good way of doing retirement investment as well? Insurance policies is a good supplement to your overall overall financial planning. Give me an example of what that kind of looks like for those that are listening. For those that are listening who aren't aware, a lot of people, and I'll be honest, I do it myself too. It's one of the ways that I personally invest. I use a whole life policy where you get, you have two buckets that you have to consider. People look at life insurance as if if it's death insurance, meaning you die, it goes away, and then boom, you don't see it. Um, but the, your your family members get to see the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. But whole life is the only type of life insurance policy where you also get to see the benefit, but you see the values growing every month and you can tap into that value. It's called the cash value. So you have two buckets. You have the original death benefit, which is the original amount that you're insured for. Then you have the cash value, which grows every month as you're making your payments or every year as you're making your payments. And that is growing like hand in hand, well, after a few years with the death benefit. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, you have a, a, a whole life policy for $100,000. And it, the only downside, with, by the way, with a whole life policy is that it does take time to accumulate that cash value. But let's say it's uh, 15 years, right? You have $100,000, you have 15 years. Your death benefit started at 100000 but now you have your cash value at $100,000 also. So now you have $200,000 that your, your family, your spouse, would be able to inherit in the event of something happening to you. But in 15 years, with that cash value of $100,000, guess what? If you want to use that money for yourself to supplement your income at retirement, by all means, go ahead. Your family still has a $100,000 death benefit that they can tap into. So something that's very powerful. Um, I personally, I don't want to say the number out here because I my fiance might be listening. Now I want her to know how much insurance I got, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Pat. I love it. But uh, but uh, I have a substantial amount of life insurance 
that I started at a very young age. I actually started at the age of 21, Bishop. And um, Brilliant. And so when I pay into it every month, and it's actually going to be paid up. It's a 20-year policy that I pay into. Most of these whole life policies are paid up until the age of, like, say, 59, 60, or 65. Mm -hmm. But this is a special uh, 20-year policy that's only paid up for, so let's say I got it at 21. At 41, I'm going to be done paying my policy. My family has this policy that they'll have for the rest of my life, for the rest of their lives, that they can, they can have for them in the event of something happening to me. But I also have this cash value. The cash value I can tap into now, but I don't need the money now. I'm just going to let it continue to keep growing because at the age of 41, let's say I want to, you know, start another business or I would like to buy another, buy a home or an investment property. I can use that cash value or I can just hold off until I'm actually retired in my 60s or whenever I decide it's the right time with, let's say, 55. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's be ambitious. Um, I can use that as a supplemental income outside of my other income and my other assets to live off of for the rest of my life or for a certain period of time. Wow. So it's a great supplemental income. It's a great way. But when someone has whole life, you don't want to just say, this is my only bucket for retirement. Right. You want to also utilize other buckets. You want to utilize 401ks. If your company, if you're working, your company offers a 401k, 403b, 457, you want to take advantage of that. It's money that comes out of your paycheck, out of sight, out of mind, but it's growing for you, tax deferred. You just can't touch it till after the age 59 and a half. So that's one bucket that you can use. If you don't have um, an employer-sponsored plan, you can get an individual retirement account, which is the IRA. You put less into it because your company's not allowing you. You don't have a company to back you to allow you to do more, but it's still another means of you saving every year. Um, and then, of course, just general savings, your checking savings account, you know, put something away. So having all of these different buckets and again, they're all most of them are out of sight, out of mind. So it's like you're paying yourself mm -hmm. when you're paying yourself. You forget about the fact that I'm saving for my retirement. So when you're ready to say I'm done working or whatever, you have all this money, this big nest egg that you've created for yourself that you'll be able to live off of for the rest of your life. That's great. Now, let's talk about some other things that are more riskier stuff. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about what do you think about options? <laughs> oh, I can see. I can tell by the chuckle that you like options. I, I do like options, but they're you not like it when they money. work, right? <laughs> of course, of course. I like it when they work. So for those that don't know what options are, it gives you the ability to buy a stock at a at a at a contract price, like a premium. So you have an option to purchase that stock at a discount um, once you hit a certain price. Or you have an option to sell it, you know, once you hit a certain price. But options are great. Um, you, the terms that we use are call and puts. So, just, again, for those that are novice, just think of it this way. Uh, call up means you're buying. Put down it means you're buying, you're, you're selling, uh, selling a put. So <laughs> you're betting against the price going down. Now, um, options are a great way to invest if you are a... Uh, advanced <laughs> investor if this is your first time investing you don't want to look at options just yet you want to start building the tolerance because to your point bishop you need that tolerance you need to be able to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to be able to understand like hey i, I could lose a lot of money or owe a lot of money from this whole thing <laughs> let me just say something pat you you yeah. you you have to I, I i call it you have to have an entertainment dollar I, I look at <laughs> options as ah, like entertainment. That. It's an entertainment dollar. It's for Can I steal the. That from you? What'd you say? 
Can I steal that term? Oh, please, please do. You, yeah, you. please do. It's an entertainment <laughs> dollar where you use disposable income. And usually mm -hmm. I try to use a percentage of the market money, although it is my money, but it's the mm -hmm. market money. But it's my money. It's the market money. Understood. And Understood. I take a percentage of that. And if I've done very well, I may take 10% of the market money and put it at risk and, you know, see what happens. And I usually I like to do it right before an earning report is done. Of course, yes. by that time, I'm doing a whole lot of reading and I'm speculating and, uh, you know, you know, I'm just looking mm -hmm. at it. Um, but I'm also starting for the first time. Mm -hmm. to play with long-term options. And I know that's a, that's a real, that's like, you know, you're throwing a dart in the dot. I mean, a Absolutely. dart in the dark. <laughs> because, I mm -hmm. mean, like, I mean, it would have been good if I would have had some Tesla's calls that was long-term. That could have paid off nicely, right? For sure. But who, For sure. But who know unless you, you know, unless you're a profit, right? Well, yeah, kind of. I, I mean, I had a feeling that Tesla was going to skyrocket the way that it did. So how come you didn't call me? <laughs> you got my number. <laughs> <laughs> same with Apple. Same with Apple. Oh my Those God! They're all in my crosshair. They're all in my crossfire. Okay, so let me so let me ask you this, Pat. Off and on the record, we're not going to hold you to it. If you had, <laughs> yeah. if you had three, if you had three things that come to mind, three stocks. What would be three stocks you would probably do calls on? Um, right now. See now, everybody, listen. That's that feeling you feel mm -hmm. with this call. See that call thing. This is yeah, where yeah, it gets yeah, real yeah, yeah. serious. Notice how his yeah. laughter has stopped. <laughs> Notice right, he's I like, I, I know you do. I got you. All right, I'm gonna tell you right now. Apple, Qualcomm, and uh, I'll take a shot at Microsoft. You know, now this is crazy. I mm -hmm. just did. I just did a whole lot of stuff with Qualcomm because I really am feeling good. About ah, that. ah. Because the whole thing you. with five G, it, it, isn't Qualcomm yes. gonna be the leader in five G? They are. The, they're gonna be one of the leaders in five G, and they. The, one of the biggest vendors happens to be Apple. So they're kind of riding Apple's uh, tail coat right now with everything that's happening. Apple's about to unleash their new iPhone in a matter of a few more weeks, maybe a month or so. Apple has a certain number of units they're looking to sell. The streets are projecting them to beat those expectations. And when they do by year end, you're going to see that both of those stocks can potentially, yeah, could potentially really, really skyrocket if they do. But yes, Qualcomm is riding off of that because of the 5G thing. And this, oh, by the way, I, for, I forgot to mention that that new Apple iPhone that's coming out is going to be the first iPhone, 5G iPhone. That's why it's such a big deal. Are right you now. serious? Really? Yes, that's why it's such a big deal. Mind you, again, 5G's been out for a while. Samsung's already had it, a lot of companies have had it. But you know, Apple has really dominated the streets with their phones. So with them being able to finally have 5G, this is going to be a big deal. Wow. Now, let me ask you something. How do you feel about Tesla? I mean, I know they're just like, like Tesla, you know, you're almost like wondering where does it stock? But it almost like it could be like another Amazon because Amazon, people had wrote Amazon off in the 90s. Yep. I, I like Tesla a lot, to be honest. Um, this, I mean, despite what happened in the last couple of weeks, um, I do think Tesla's a great stock to own. And again, to, to be clear, the only reason why the stock took such major dips 
the last few weeks is because of the average investors that don't know much about investing that just oh, started buying out of at the okay, last. Okay, yeah. Exactly. They bought at the, la- at the wrong time and they started selling at the wrong time. It was all from speculations, nothing in terms of facts. The only fact was just the fact that they got denied from being part of the S&P 500. Um, but other than that, they're still going to do great as a company. Their earning reports is, is phenomenal. So they're going to continue to keep doing well. And I think it's a great company to invest in. I, I started looking at another fund called ARKK. Have you heard of that? ARKK? Yes. You said it's a fund? I think it's a fund, yeah. Let's see. Oh, it's a innovation ETF. Yeah, because see, I like anything that is disruptive. I think that's just part <laughs> of my nature. I just love disruption. I think the disruptive technology is really the way to go. For me, it just feels like like the pandemic is a disruption. So you need a disruption to meet a disruption. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it has a lot of good stuff inside of it. it has Tesla, has Square, has Roku, um, has Zillow. Um, yeah. So it has a well, lending tree also. So it has a few good positions inside of it. And this ETF. But, so, for the, yeah. But there's another stock in there that is very interesting. It's a, it's a bio stock. It's the, I think it's the second highest holding in that, right under Tesla. I think it's called in, 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 Invite? Yes. Invite. What made, what, made, what made you so bullish on that one? Well,. <laughs> It's going to be doing disruptive technology in the area of health. In other words, mm-hmm. it can know when a person has cancer before they have it, and the intervention can start 20 years early instead of waiting until they give you, you know, you have six months to live if you got to do chemo. Ah, got it. So me personally, personally when it comes to uh, pharmaceuticals and biotech, I love the, I love the sector, but I un- also understand it's extremely volatile. Yeah. They don't follow the general stock market; they're more following their trials. So if a trial goes well, stock is going to shoot up. If it doesn't go well, then hey, stock is going to plummet. You know, a good example that people might understand is, for example, if you look at um, some of these companies that are working on the Corona vaccine. Oh yeah. You know, so in the beginning, from like say March, April, some of these companies that came out there, like Gilead, other companies. Um, as you heard good things on the news, they moved on to the next stage of their trials. Here's the results of their trials. Then you would see that the stock market, the stock price would start reacting positively to that. But if they didn't, did not meet their expectations, they would lose all of the gains that they've made from that time period in such a very short time period. Right. So it's extremely volatile. I do like pharmaceutical and biotech, but I always tell people if you're going to play with it, put a little bit in there. You know, kind of to your point, a little bit of uh, right disposal, um, (laughs) an entertainment dollar, disposable entertainment dollars, Um, entertainment. I I only now I wouldn't put a whole lot in there, but I just think that anything that is innovative, like Tesla was innovative. I love Tesla. I've had Tesla for a while. Um, Excellent. I love um, Uber. I've been holding on to Uber for a minute. I've been holding on, believe it or not, Pinterest for a while. Really. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Ah, Pinterest is a wow, little, wow. yeah, I've been, I've, I've kind of liked Pinterest. Recently, I got into DocuSign, and I'm going to tell you why. Oh, man. I, you don't got to tell me. I've been doing DocuSign all year. 
brother. I've been following him before the pandemic. I'm sending oh, you man, a tithe you? envelope, Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Corona was the best thing to happen to DocuSign. <laughs> you know, but you know what? I was looking at this. I know I got to let you go, Pat. Yeah. I was looking at this, and what I started looking at, and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and mm. says, your money has been sitting in your face all this time. And I said, my mm-hmm. money's sitting in my face. And the Spirit said, look at everything that you use that has pleased you or worked for you. What has happened to it? I looked, I said, it's going up. I have a Tesla. Mm-hmm. It's going mm-hmm. up. I use DocuSign to sign documents for people. I was like, I've been using DocuSign for years. Why didn't I know to buy that? I use, <laughs> I use Apple every day. Amen. Yes. I use Google every hour. Why didn't I buy Google? I should have bought Google when it first came out, right? Absolutely. Amazon shows up at my door three and four times a day. Why (laughs) did I not buy Amazon? I did buy Amazon, but I was told to get out of it. They said we've come Mm. to nothing. They're just selling books. This company is a a freak of nature. And I jumped. Mm. I had Amazon when it was $40 a share. Oh, man, I'm jealous. In the 90s. <laughs> well, I don't have not one share of it today. But, you know, the, the, but, the, but see, the thing about it is that you couldn't call it. But any one of these companies could be. I remember I used to do my searches on AOL. I mean, now, who goes on <laughs> AOL anymore, right? Google correct, replaced correct, correct. it. And correct. so when you look at um, different things, I always liked it. And, I, and I've had it for a long time. Netflix. Um, um, I. Mm. Um, Someone had me with Facebook and Netflix. I says, I says Netflix is going to beat Facebook. And they says, no, Bishop, you're wrong. Facebook <laughs> is the way to go. And I says, you know, I like Facebook, but I says, I, I Netflix. And sure enough, Netflix broke out. And I, I had Netflix when it, I think when it was as low as like, I don't know, ninety or a hundred dollars or something like that. Wow. But but whatever that was, Netflix pulled out and did some real remarkable stuff with B and C list actors. Yes. Yes. But it replaced yes. bo- it replaced blockbusters. It did. It did. So looking at you know uh, will the market shift in 2021 if these companies realize that they can't open back up? Well, these companies you just mentioned, Netflix, uh, DocuSign, Google, being being that they're all computer-based companies, all things that you're dealing with in terms of the tech space, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. The sectors that I'm worried about are the retail companies. You're looking at, like, you know, your Lord & Taylor filing for bankruptcy. You're looking at, you know, Neiman Marcus, Macy's, JCPenney's, companies like that, because everyone's going more with purchasing things online than they are in the stores. So what's the point of having a store presence? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I had a dream. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had a dream that I was told to buy Macy's, so I went and brought Macy's about a month ago. Okay. Now, hey, they're, I know, building up, they're building up their online presence. So I'm, I, no, no, wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the dream means. Mm-hmm. They may get ready to file bankrupt and pivot into something else. That, yeah, exactly. became, that becomes a ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. And you've seen that happen in the marketplace. I mean, look at what happened. I know you, you know, look at what happened to Kodak. Yo, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What a day. Oh, my 
my gosh, what a day. That was that was crazy. Well, listen, Pat, man, it's great talking with you. I'm going to, um, um, we'll, um, we'll get together. We're having a, a conference in September. I hope you could be, it's going to be online. We're going to be talking to, we're talking Got to it. our people about getting into investment, investments. And, and even if we have to just introduce people to Robinhood because their accounts are not big enough to come to people like you. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I push it. I tell people all the time, like I have a lot of, family members or friends that ask me about investing and they're like hey I, I can't give this to you i don't got that kind of money that you play with but i'm like hey listen robin is great you get to buy fractional shares instead of buying whole shares so if you want to buy apple you don't have to pay full price for apple put it by you don't have enough for one share but you can buy let's say a quarter of a share of it you know so robin is a great 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 software to potentially use it's a great app um and it's a good way to get your feet wet when it comes to investing Wow. Pat, I am so proud of you. You have come a long way. I watch you. you come a long way from the mail room. Pat, <laughs> Pat, you, Pat I'm, 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 I am so proud of you. You know, it just makes me feel as though that my living is not in vain. Oh, man. No, and I, I thank you, Bishop, for the opportunity for you believed in me when I told you I was leaving the church to go do what I was doing. Oh, yeah. You even took me shopping. I don't know if you remember. You went yeah. on the shopping spree with me. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. I went, I went to show up to work the first day with some nice, fresh suits. Yeah. Everybody looking at me like, you didn't start making money yet. Where you get that money for that suit? <laughs> yes. And I was like, hey, I got some good people backing me. So I appreciate it, Bishop. We believe in you. And thank you for being a yes and returning back and handing that off into the community. We'll be pulling on your mind because we got to get out of, we got to get our people out of doing what the banks say and do what the bank does i 1000% agree with you bishop 1000% all right god bless you and thank you pat we'll be talking god bless you too master prophet talk to you soon okay Bye. to keep in touch with master prophet e bernard jordan go to www.bishopjordan.com and follow him on all social media platforms to get more information about the Prophetology Conference and or more special events, go to www.zoeministries.com or call 888-831-0434. Thank you and stay blessed.